there is balm in Gilead to make the wounded heaven opened and behold a white horse the one sitting on it is called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and makes war his eyes are like a flame of fire and on his head are many diadems and he has a name written that no one knows but himself he is clothed in a robe dipped in blood and the name by which he is called is the word of God and the armies of heaven, arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and with a loud voice he called to all the birds that fly directly overhead, Come, gather for the great supper of God, to eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and their riders, and the flesh of all men, both free and slave, both small and great. Revelation 19, 11 through 18 in the ESV. Well, hello and welcome to part two of episode 49. Uh, I am your host, Brian Emerson, and with me today, we have a special guest, uh, Jesse Roberts of Poor Bishop Hooper. Thank you, Jesse, for coming back on this show. We are honored to be here. We are honored. I am honored to uh, talk with you today. Yeah, unfortunately, Leah couldn't make it today, but uh, it'll just be me hanging out with, with Jesse on a Friday morning. I have spring break, and everyone else is working, so... So that's that. It's kind of a, a fun time. Um, if you have not listened to episode 49, part one, please pause this show and go and listen to that one where we review poor Bishop Hooper's album, uh, Foreign Maid. Uh, in this episode, we kind of want to do a little behind the music uh, sort of segment. Uh, I've got some some questions about the album, and uh, and I hope that we can all, all learn something and, uh, and all be able to kind of apply this, these, uh, these answers to our lives. So, uh, Jesse, we got to talk a little bit before we hit the record button, but, um, uh, how are, how are things for you in the, uh, I guess you're about to hit 119. Like that's a, that's a big deal in the every Psalm project. Uh, I think as of right now you have, did you just release 116, uh, that's correct. It's past Wednesday, it's yeah. Two days ago, yeah. So by the time this episode airs, I think 118 will either have just dropped or just be about to drop. So 119 yeah, quickly approaches. Quickly approaches. And we're excited that it's uh, on the cusp of, of releasing. It's We ended up choosing to do 22 songs, so one for every stanza, which correspond with each um, character in the Hebrew alphabet. Absolutely. And so it was the biggest project of this big project so far. Uh, so we're excited to have that out there. And it comes out April 6th. And it will Fantastic. come out, the full album will come out on April 6th, on that Wednesday. In nice. Life Normal. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah we, uh, like I, I mentioned last time you were on that one of my first things I did as a songwriter, uh, and it was more, more a way to kind of experiment with church modes in my writing, but I tried to do it an entire Psalm 119 project. I made it 19 tracks in before... I got tired of rhyming precepts with lips. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's fun. <laughs> well, that's that's a good that's a good long way there. Nineteen. 
Yeah. The insolent deride me. I had that one in a couple different songs. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a, it's a tricky one for sure. You stuck to one translation. I, I did. Um, yeah. Again, yeah. So that was, that was my, that's probably my error, but. Well, it's not an error. It's just, we've, <laughs> we've, we gave ourselves a bit of a pass with the ability yeah. to use a few different translations and allow some of those precepts and judgments and commandments and stuff. It gives some, some lyrical flexibility. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yes. So, uh, yeah. So every song going strong. Uh, so if you release all of those 22 at once, um, I guess you're still on track to finish by the end of this year. Yeah. I think the last one comes out on the 9th of November. Cool. Of 9th year. of November. It will be 150. And then you will take a huge sigh of relief and, <laughs> and immediately start some other project. Correct. <laughs> the way my <laughs> wife speaks about it. Yes. It's, uh, she, she'll, I remember we were like 20 songs in and she came up and was like, what if we did something on the trees of the Bible? Like a whole project. And I said, let's finish this one first. You know? So she's always dreaming, which is wonderful. Um, but yeah, no, actually I think we're going to, we're going to try and really take a breather. Um, yeah. We'll see what the Lord has for us in that, but that's the goal. Yeah. And, and also to remind our listeners, so in, you just released 116, which means you've been doing every Psalm for 116 weeks. Just reminding everyone, in the last 116 weeks, you released 126 songs because you've had two hymns albums as well as an extra Golgotha add-on in all of the midst of That's all of true. that. Yeah. <laughs> and then add the 22 with 119 and we'll be on, yes. on our way. So. Yes. So I wish I had an ounce of your creative energy because that's just, that's just impressive. Well, we... We give all the credit and the glory to the Lord. Um, he sustains us when we don't have any energy left. Uh, oftentimes, you know, I, I tell people there's no way that I could have done this by myself. Like a partnership with Leah is the only way it's happened. We we go through seasons where I'm, you know, really really feeling um, the kind of creative wind, uh, and then seasons where I'm not, and it's tended to be when I'm not, she is, and when she's not, I am. So. Uh, we're we're really grateful for the spirit and his kindness and goodness to us to continue this thing for as long as we have um and we're really hopeful to finish strong so yeah yeah that's 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 fantastic well after 119 as you as you know i'm sure you have a whole lot of psalms that are like three to eight verses long uh and so not as much not not as much just like dense hebrew poetry yeah so uh yeah, the the ascents are probably my favorite uh, grouping of the psalms. Yeah, yeah, the, it's a beautiful thing. We're in that right now, actually, from a writing yeah. perspective. Uh, I think we're through one twenty five or six written. Okay. I'm trying to think if I'm going, I'm going back. Maybe one twenty seven written. Um, but yeah, we're actually reading some really really good. Uh, we have a good friend here. Are you familiar with the International House of Prayer in Kansas City? I, I am. Yeah. So we have a good friend here who's a, a professor at the school okay. uh, and he teaches a Psalms class and each nice. week we go in or each semester he brings us in and we do uh, kind of one class on the Psalms. Um, nice. Everything from having open conversation about writing, you know, drawing music out of the scripture to performing and kind of leading worship through some of them with, with his uh, crew. And it's always really beautiful, but he sent this uh, really fantastic article over, on the song of sense, so, well, I guess it's a portion of a book of his, of a friend of his. So we've been we've been blessed to kind of step into a, a new depth with this chunk that far more than we had before uh, on this uh, grouping of psalms. Um, so that's really beautiful. My wife is just you know devouring it. I'm really oh, yeah. enjoying it. So yeah, yeah. Looking forward to hearing a lot about uh, oil pouring down Aaron's beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, so speaking of drawing truth from the scripture and turning that into music, I think that that probably is the best segue I can pull off going into, um, to this foreign maid. So we, we talked with you a little bit on your last, last time you guys were on here, uh, about foreign maid. And this is an album of, uh, mostly it's parables of Jesus and teachings of Jesus that you guys took kind of paraphrased into folk music and just 
made a really, really cool, fun, interesting uh, album with just these different unique perspectives and uh, just beautiful poetry. And uh, so I just wanted to kind of chat about that for a little bit. Yeah, thank you. Um, this is one, it's interesting. This is our first record that we did mm-hmm. uh, as, a, as a married couple. And it was based around, or it was brought about um, from uh, kind of a sermon series that our pastor was doing at the time, which was unique for him. Uh, we were in a collection of home churches, and we were really big on uh, kind of reading straight through scripture. This whole like mm-hmm. kind of series mindset wasn't really there. It was, yeah. hey, we're going to read, we're going to read, you know, Matthew 1, then Matthew 2, then Matthew 3, not, a, not, not thematically. But for yeah. whatever reason, he felt in this one season to do um, eight weeks or something on uh, maybe it was maybe it was twelve actually on parables, and so he asked us if in that process we could come up with a few songs to go kind of along with those. Uh, wonderful man of God, he had seen music. Um, you know, he would always talk about there's. You know, I can give a million sermons and people might remember one, but it's the music that people remember, you know, often Absolutely or, is, yeah. or at least or at least most people. Uh, and so he was really um, so kind and like supportive of us creating. And uh, and so he said, hey, I want to kind of ask you if you could do a couple songs for these. And then if, if you can't write one, then find one that maybe fits. Uh, and the Lord ended up blessing the endeavor. And we we wrote one for every all of his sermons for however many weeks it was. And at the end of it, he said, you need to record these. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And, and in his kindness and in kind of the community we're in, he was, um, he said, Hey, I found a, I found a benefactor, you know, I found a patron and they're going to pay for the whole thing. Um, That's beautiful. Yeah. So we went in the studio and recorded this all in three days, four days, maybe. Um, at the studio at the time, um, we didn't have any uh, equipment and there was a studio space on the, on the West side here, Kansas city. We had some loose connection with, and, um, so we went in there and did it and it came out really sweetly, I think in a lot of ways. Um, and it's fun because it was so early in our marriage and in our kind of creativity together, uh, that it, it has a bit of a, like a. I, I don't want to say immature. It has a young fingerprint to it as we think about what we've done since. And yeah. I like I like that actually quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and so we then, at the time, our main uh, kind of gig was my wife would play upright bass and I would play guitar. And we would go, we did it. I mean, we were doing all sorts of stuff from, you know, like kind of public event type spaces to, uh, weddings, like private parties, big private parties to just going out and playing clubs and bars. Um, and we were always looking for kind of that crossover music that, you know, a lot of people, we do a lot of covers, you know, sometimes we play for two or three hours. So we do yeah. a lot of covers, but at the same time wanted like gospel story narrative type music. Uh, yeah. And so this really filled a lot of those. And we, so we, we performed these for a long time. Um, not, not all of them, but a good portion of them. Um, particularly the more like string bandy feeling ones. Uh, but in it, and then it's been interesting in the last few years, we performed them less and less. Uh, this past October, we were supposed to be in a few correctional facilities doing it. Um, often when we do it, we get to have, it's kind of more conversational in it's live performance because we get to talk about the parable and, you know, or talk about some of the moments in the Bible or what this is calling out or how we kind of framed the, um, the, like who the narrator is or how, how he framed the song itself. Uh, and so it kind of, it ends up being kind of, a uh, conversational storyteller type, uh, performance. Um, and this past fall, we were going to do it in a few prisons, which is, we share Golgotha in a good number of prisons. And that's one of our, uh, it's the heart of one, a good, a good portion of our, our live performance. We like to put towards underserved communities. And that's one of kind of the main ones, but, of course, COVID, the swell and Omicron or whatever, like shut all that down. And uh, so we haven't, we haven't done it in a correctional facility in a really long time. But uh, I think it can, it brings a very different feel than maybe Golgotha or some of our other ministries. But I think it's, it certainly has its place. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because I, it, it, it hasn't been one of those records that I would listen back to and be like, oh, I never want to perform those songs again, you know, <laughs> which sometimes you do. You listen back, you're like, oh, man, what was I doing or what was I thinking? So I think in some ways it's stood the test of short time. I mean, it's only been eight years or whatever, but uh, maybe eight or seven. Or, I don't even remember how long. But yeah. 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 So uh, this being Poor Bishop Hooper's very first album, I am. I'm really fascinated and I've never really gotten the chance to talk to anyone about this, but uh, I'm really fascinated by, uh, you know, the collection of the album today. It's, it's weird. Like today there's not so much like the album anymore. There's just the collection of songs that you kind of trickle out onto Spotify. Uh Uh, People don't go out and and buy records anymore. They just stream whatever they want to. Um, But I'm this, this album you can tell by listening to it from beginning to end that, that you structured it intentionally. It, mm-hmm. This is an album. It is a, it, it is a concept album starts with trio tree goes uh, through sons of Zebedee. Sons of Zebedee is, is a really fun last kind of, you know, last track, you know, it's that toned down. Uh, it's not, you don't end on like a party song. Uh, for yeah. Instance. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, trio tree, this was the, first song on your first album so people that uh, don't know who you are you, you come out with this brand new album it's a brand new band you, you stick it you stick the cd into the car and trio tree is the first song and it's uh, it's a minor undertones about about a cursed man uh, what what were your what were your thoughts in saying this is how i want the world to meet me is is on minor undertones an e minor with a the song about a cursed tree and a cursed man. Well, I think that even early on, this was kind of a, I was in a band before this and I remember spending hours and hours and hours talking about where the songs go on the record. And it was just like constant conversation. Where do we put this first? We put this last, where's it, you know? Um, And we've done our best to, to like pray about this stuff and let the Lord lead it. But I think even early on, I found that Leah's, uh, my wife's, real strength vocally is kind of that like exposed raw haunting Mm -hmm. like even lilty uh make you think type of vocal you know she would even say she's like i'm not the one who's like gonna go out there and belt it and like grab everybody with the power of the voice um but rather like grab everybody with the mystery you know she wouldn't say that i would say that it's like it's mysterious and we did this song and one of the one of our dear friends uh in ministry was like that song, you know, he's, it's his favorite on the whole record. And he's like, it's because when your wife sings like that, it's something, it like pulls my spirit. It like tugs on me in some way. Um, and so we wanted to like, I don't know. I think first songs, first songs from a from an album perspective, that's always a very interesting conversation. Um, because you want to draw people in. It's like the first chapter of a book, you know, some people say the first paragraph of a, of a story is what is how long you have to like, you know, captivate people. Um, and of course we don't do it for man's praise or for audience attention, but there's truth there, you know, and I was actually a creative writing major in college. So I think a lot about it, like, like you said, like poetically and structure. Um, but this one was one that we came to and we're like, I think this has to be first. It just starts, it starts it all off in a very unique way. Uh, yeah. and very, that's a very uncommon start. You know, I feel like Battle, the second song on the album, would be more likely to be the first song. Yeah. Um, or even something like Treasure, uh, you know, that's kind of like upbeat, a little more attention-holding um, drums, you know, things like that to like set a tone. But this, for whatever reason, we kept coming back to me like, this one has to be first. So yeah. I don't know if that's a good enough answer, but no, it is. That's, yeah. that's where we settled. Yeah, and, and I would say the... Uh... The shining moment in this song is the the Swallow Mountains whole echo with the uh, with that kind of dissonant harmony that where you hold the note out for forever. Uh, yeah, just beautiful. It's just beautiful. This is this whole album is just great. But uh, yeah, that that moment in this song is is one of my favorite moments in the album. Oh, cool. That's kind. And then uh, you mentioned Battle being the second song. I, I kind of just think this is where we really get to uh, get to know you. So we meet you with 
tree to tree, but we kind of get to know you in battle. Um, the poetry, the poetry is intriguing. Uh, I love the line uh, that every door I thought I wanted to open seemed to close right when I saw that the light in the tiny crack between the hinge and frame. Like I have, I've lived that many, many, many times. So that that line grabs me personally because I've I have lived that multiple times. Uh, and then uh, also the. It's instinct that serves each animal. It's prey, and this one has a hunger for a certain name. Mine, all mine. I, these these lines are just very very well written, uh, and you can tell that you've studied poetry, uh, and uh, and I, I don't know I don't know what percentage of songwriters study poetry, like in college mm. or or just or if they just kind of pick up on it as they go. But I, I can tell by your use of, of, of the English language that you have, like you, you've mentioned you're a, you're a creative writing major. I, I can see that. I was a writing minor. My wife was a writing major. Okay. And, uh, and so we kind of got to have that uh, workshop experience yeah. where, where you learn very quickly that uh, your work is not you and you can, you have to, you have to hear a few times that, hey, this is yeah. really terrible, but that this doesn't mean that you're terrible. It just means yeah, that this yeah, is yeah. terrible. Uh, and this is not. This is not terrible. This is this is uh, this is wonderful. Um, I'm curious to know if there's a story behind some of this. Uh, I know that this is the the, the parable is it's kind of the, the line. Um, there will be wars and rumors of wars. Yeah. Uh, so why did you why did you focus in on that one aspect, the wars and rumors of wars, as opposed to the earthquakes and droughts and other things that were other signs of the time? Yeah, there's something with, and this is interesting because this song is, I think this song is the last song we wrote actually of all of them, mm -hmm. and and this is funny because I'm trying to remember back exactly. It's been a while, but. This also is very um, like me as a writer. It's very wordy. It doesn't have a big chorus. You know, the, everything changes all the time. Um, mm. It's very. It's not like super approachable from like a singing or being a pop like accessible. It's not super accessible. Um, it's actually all dropped a whole step on the guitar, so the guitar is tuned down from E, you know, E to E down mm. to uh, D to D. Okay. Um, and so kind of like loose the strings loosen up and it's kind of blah, blah, blah. You know, it gets a little more warbly in the guitars and stuff. Okay. Um, but I think that there's something when we, when we phrase things as I, where it's like the speaker is saying every mm -hmm. door I thought I wanted open. One of the things we try to often do in this album is think about sitting, you know, a lot of these being parables spoken from Jesus to his disciples is what is like some random guy Maybe not one of the twelve, but one of the other crew who's around him. What does mm -hmm. he? What does he think when he hears these things? Um, and you know, you saying like, "Oh, wow, that's that's my experience, man." How many times have I saw, thought like, "Oh, something's good," and then it's like, "Oh, I just barely catch a glimpse." Nope, not going to happen. Um, yeah. And then thinking about that in that context, in some odd way, uh, and then thinking about. Jesus promising, like you said, wars, mm -hmm. battle. Every every war I tried to walk away from seemed to grow four legs and find its stride, its run, and follow me. You know, him talking about time and again. You know, we think about throughout the course of the Gospels. We talk to a lot of people about this as they come and come under um, opposition. It's like mm -hmm. Jesus promises this. Yeah. You know, like he's this is a guarantee. People will not like you because of my name. You know, so the war thing. Yeah, maybe it can be like Roman siege is coming. But it also can be there's like you're going to you're going to have oppression. You're going to come up against things, whether it's spiritual or physical, whether it's your friends or uh, things in the in the heavenly realms. You know, who knows? But there, it's 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 a guarantee, you know, if we're yeah. following Jesus wholeheartedly. Um, and that one, this one is one of those things that I think that we were just kind of praying through some things personally and also trying to really look at what are these how do these guys respond to all this? Um, yeah. you know, every, everything will pass away. Uh, 
and but you know, or you'll rebuild the temple in three days. Like everything's gonna be destroyed and rebuilt. And then being like, I don't even understand what this means. You know, it's hard enough for us to understand it, and we have the the entirety of the scriptures. Who knows what these guys were thinking? So um, that like they will fall, like the might in the mountains will fall and fall again, they'll fall and fall again. We try to like repeat that one a couple times to like let that thinking like it's not going to just even to the to the narrator of the song. It's not just going to happen to you going to happen to the next people and the next people and the next people you know so yeah. i don't know if that if that works as an answer but no it, it does um you, you mentioned you know how you know jesus promised this um I, I tell a story that i i signed up for a kind of a songwriting critique group uh several years back and i have a song that has the line you promise pain you promise strife but my god you promise life and yeah. i and i sent, sent that in and, and the guy that was critiquing it who he was a you know Christian song critiquer. He's like, where in the Bible does God promise pain and strife? I'm like, are you kidding? Yeah. Yeah. Go read Matthew, go read Matthew ten, and yeah. uh, and, and it's there. It's a promise. It's there. So I was less than thrilled by uh, by that response. But yeah, it's God does promise those things. He does promise strife. He does promise. He says, I, I didn't come to uh, bring peace, but to bring war. He says, I, I didn't. I came to set father against brother and, and yeah. sister against mother. You know, he he was not uh, shy about that. You know, go sell a cloak and buy a sword. Yeah, I mean, it's we we tend to forget about about that aspect. I remember hearing a sermon years ago, and the guy went through every book of the New Testament and about the and pulled out one verse from each book about suffering, like you'll yeah. suffer. And, you know, at the end, he was kind of like, you know, I'm not saying we're supposed to go f- run out and find it. But if we're not suffering, we're probably not doing something right, considering yeah. every single book in the New Testament has a guarantee for it. So, yeah. And that was that was one of the things that we, we talked about in our review. We said, you know, if you are out there preaching the gospel, you know, this this verse two, it kind of sounds it sounds a little bit like, you know, th- this guy is you know, he's trying to, he's trying to walk away, away from war, but it keeps finding him. And, and, you know, the truth is if he's preaching the gospel, like he's supposed to be, it will, yeah. you know, he, it will find him. We're, I'm reading through acts with my kids and it's just story after story of, and Paul went to the synagogue and he preached and some of the Jews believed and some of the Greeks believed, but some of the Jews rose up and stoned him and yeah. ran him out of town. And the Thessalonica, you know, they were able to escape in the night and then went to Berea and then, the men from Thessalonica were like, Oh, Paul's in Bria. Let's go run him out of a different town. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Or the, the men who get beaten and they come back and they praise God counting that, that he would count them as worthy to suffer yeah. for the name. You're like, yeah. man, come on. Hooray. <laughs> it's like, yeah, let me be like that. Lord, let me have that heart. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I would say that the, those people are, they are storing up their treasure in heaven, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah. So that was, that was also my segue into the next song, which is Treasure. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> um, Treasure is my daughter's favorite song. Uh, okay. When we were listening to this album, my oldest daughter, and she would say, Dad, can you play the one that says about the pocket full of empty space? And I was like, absolutely, we can do that one. She loves she loves singing this one. We sing it together. Uh, I, again, thank you for these chord charts. Uh, yeah. I know that you... That, that you worked very, very hard on those. I, I, I contacted you and I said, Hey, do you have chord charts for all these? And you're like, I can make them. <laughs> and I, was... I, I lost them somewhere along the way. You know, they're, they were all handwritten in a notebook somewhere, probably yeah. in a, tra- in a recycling bin at this point. I, I don't know where they went, but it was, it yeah. was due time. So. Yeah. So I, I really appreciate that. And so, uh, so I, I play through these regularly with the kids. They love singing them. Uh, and yeah, treasure, treasured my, my oldest daughter's favorite, uh, you know, left a, left a courtyard full of idols, kept a pocket full of empty space. It's her favorite line. Mm, cool. It's one of my, it's one of our favorites. Um, we had this lady who, who kind of mentored us before we were married, uh, doing some kind of like pre-marriage stuff. And I remember one of the, I remember a lot of the things she said, but one of the things she would say was, you know, favor is a currency. Um, you might not have any money, you know, but if you have the Lord's favor, like what else do you need or what else would you want? You know? Yeah. And so that's really stuck. And of course in Luke 12, you know, these passages about 
um, you know, give it away. Or, you know, you can look at the, the rich, the rich young man who comes to Jesus. I mean, there's so mm-hmm. many times when it's like, yeah, or store, yeah, store up your treasure in heaven, uh, where moth can't destroy you know, all these things, moth yeah. and rust. And so that's kind of, obviously that's what this one is, is based directly on. And, uh, and then the, the chorus repeat is one of those things that I think that it's very, very, very hard for us to actually remember this and walk in light of the, of the, you know, the upside, upside down kingdom mind of God, that yeah. it's true that when we go to glory, <laughs> I would, there will be treasure there and we uh, immensely more than we can imagine splendor that won't fail in its shine you know whatever yeah. uh and and to remember that actually remember that day to day to day is really really hard it is you know and i think yeah. so that's why that's why that chorus is like come on like let's remember this there's let's remember this let's remember this so yeah try to shackle me with money and i'll slip right through his greedy grip i love that line yeah and uh, yeah so um I, I think treasure like that, the concept of treasure, you mentioned, you know, the, the rich young ruler, there's the, you know, storing up your treasure in heaven. There's the, uh, you know, the man who built his, his silos and he died that yeah. night. Uh, there's the uh, pearl of great price. There's the man who bought the field. Uh, we have just time and time and time again, you know, we have you know, these stories of, you know, make sure that you get your priorities straight. And, you know, with, when you're thinking about these, these ideals uh, with, you know, the rest of, of the parables as well, you know, what is your treasure and uh, you know, your treasure is, you know, it's, you know, scripture is, is your treasure. You know, Jesus himself is your treasure. Um, you know, the Christian life is your treasure. You know, your the good works that he has planned before you, you know, all of those are, are your treasure. And, uh, and I, I feel like you, we can see through this whole album, um, just these different uh, veins of thought that, that all tie very neatly together. It's almost as if Jesus did that on purpose. How hmm. all of his parables have veins that yeah. tie very neatly together. Uh, yeah, uh, but I've, I really appreciate how that all worked out. Uh, so the next song in the on the CD is Saints, which is my favorite one to play on the guitar. Uh, It's one that has challenged me as an instrumentalist, uh, trying to figure out how to play the, when the saints riff without, you know, losing the beat uh, of the, of the strumming. Uh, It's, it's been a lot of fun playing this one. Also, you say the word Gilead, which is, you know, a plus. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And what we mentioned on our review that this one is probably the one that, uh, strays away from the biblical text more than any of the other ones, specifically when uh, standing on the moon and sticking our tongues out and, and things along those lines, changing the seasons. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to hear this, the story behind, behind this one. It's, this one is, uh, it feels more folksy, uh, more kind of traditionally folk song uh, driven. And, and, and I'm curious to know how, like what your process was taking the scriptures and creating this particular song. Yeah, this is interesting because I wrote this song years before. You, you guys caught up, you know, you, you, you found that out quick. Um, yeah. I, I was in college. I was doing this kind of like, well, I was in a band and I was doing the kind of solo art, singer-songwriter guy, just me and a guitar type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd been playing harmonica more and... Um, I, I lived in Lawrence, Kansas, where the University of Kansas is. It's a really great, okay. like, artsy city. Um, and a lot of music. It's kind of the cultural hub, uh, of I, I think, of the state in a lot of ways. Um, and so lots of musicians, lots of music, lots of places to play. And I was playing all the time. And then shortly thereafter, I was uh, I had come out of college, and the Lord was really grabbing my heart in new ways. And... I, a lot of my writing, like you say, feeling more kind of folk uh, driven. This is very much a narrative, you know, like, uh, it, you know, tells a story. It's just, I first wrote and performed it with a guitar and a harmonica. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and my wife through, you know, had of course heard it. And this is one of the ones that she said, I think that we just need to put this on, you know, it, it's such a good song. Um, and how does it, and I remember being like, it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit, <laughs> you know, like it'll, it could go on something else. Um, but we had done it, uh, as a responsive song to that revelation 19, uh, mm. passage. That's 19, isn't it? Yeah. 1911 okay, yeah. through 18. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and we had done that in the church and our, the pastor was like, this needs to be on there. You know, he, he said the same thing. And so we said, okay. Uh, and there's, what's the, pa- there's a passage in John. Yeah. John eight, six to 11. And then okay. John 17, nine through, through 12. That's what you have. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's some other passages there that it certainly, um, like draws from. Yeah. Uh, of course we are, you know, the, when Jesus is, we're in the middle of Golgotha stuff. So we're talking about this all the time. And Jesus says like, no, you know, in the garden, don't you think I can call down legions of angels? You know, so yeah. some of that. Um, and then the other thing that of course makes it feel really rooted in like American tradition is the, when the saints come marching in tune that kind of like oh, yeah. plays the whole thing. So I feel like it has a, it has a really broad growth mm-hmm. uh, and kind of development from me beginning with me just playing it. And I remember I wrote it in one setting in my room in Lawrence. And, and I think it was at a time when I was uh, fighting through things of the world uh, and really, you know, wanting Jesus and seeing, starting to really learn that the, re- the relationship was personal, um, that, that God cared about me, me personally, individually, Jesse, uh, yeah. not just at the church corporately. Um, and so I, I think that's kind of where it all came from. And I, you're right. This is the loosest when it comes to b- biblically, it strays the farthest from what you could say, like text, you know, the, mm-hmm. the biblical text. Um, I, I hope to think that it's, um, it's not heretical in some way, but, uh, <laughs> I think that there's, it just has more creative play. Yeah. Uh, you know, recently I've been reading a lot of the C, I, or I've been reading the um, uh, Space Trilogy, C.S. Lewis Space Trilogy. Absolutely. Have you read that? I named my son. That? My son's name is Barnabas Ransom. No way. Okay, yeah. fantastic. I didn't know that. That's great. So I'm don't don't spoil it. I'm in the middle of uh, <laughs> that hideous strength. Okay. Yes. Um, but. It's something like that, and I I have great appreciation for people who write fiction, uh, that that can extrapolate or like be, add beauty, not add beauty, point to beauty in the Bible in different ways. And I think that yeah. this song, I I have we've had a response over this song for years, mm-hmm. as like a whoa that song really spoke to me, that song did something in my heart, that song, and you know like. It's playful, which I think sometimes uh, the kind of early folk traditions around God aren't playful. You know, right. it's it, it's a little like big man in the sky. You know, he's going to save us. There's some like high justice stuff, uh, depending on the strain. Um, yeah. And then there's there's like high you know repentance and a lot of blood, things like that. Um, but this one I think has a playful attitude, particularly through the end. Where he's yeah. kind of like drawing, where God is drawing the narrator through the story, uh, like, and he gets to kind of watch it like a movie, um, and that's just a crazy little like chunk of lines there, like one after the after yeah. the after. Yeah, like you said, um, July in the winter, or I guess what was it? It was July yeah. in the winter before we turned it back to June. Yeah. Uh, basically, like we, I've stepped out of this thing. You know, when I'm up, when we go to heaven in the glory, we're gonna step out of the normal turn of time. Right. And what's, what's that going to look like? Like, what could God do? You know, um, him being the helper and I don't know. Yeah. I'm just kind of, uh, I'm rambling now, man. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's a fun song. Uh, one of the things I really liked about it is, uh, you, you kind of, the, the main, the narrator kind of plays the, the devil made me do it kind of argument. And then, uh, Jesus responds is he just laughs at it. It's like, yeah. that's dumb. Yeah. Like he laughed out loud and asked me to explain. Yeah, I just, I like that, how it's, you, you, you kind of play that devil made me do it, but then that 
that uh, idea gets kind of thrown out. Like, no, no, he didn't. Uh, uh, so I, 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 you know, you say, I hope there's nothing heretical in there. There's, there's nothing heretical in here. Uh, it's, it's a fun, <laughs> it's, a, it's a fun song. It, it's a folk song, and and like poetry, like the parables, we we know that they're not meant to be taken at face value. There's, this is not. You, know, you can you read this and it's not a narrative of something that actually happened it's it's sure. a story yeah. um and uh you know we we have lots of stories like that in in the bible um yeah you know, in the, the parables and in the poetry uh there's there's just different there's different aspects that we we have that creative license as long as we don't necessarily you know pull god out of who he is and which you don't but I love the song. I, I play the song every week on my guitar. My kids love it. Oh, it's, a, it's a fun one. Um, and I like that it comes out right after Treasure because, you know, we mentioned, you know, what is your treasure? And then in Saints, it kind of answers that question uh, in the last bit of it where it's, you know, pulls you through the scriptural narrative. And that is that is your treasure. Yeah. Um. So we are, we've got about 20 more minutes and we've got several more songs. So uh, uh, Lamplight is, I'd say Lamplight, Risk, and Risk on Me are your two probably most on-the-nose uh, parable songs. Yeah. Uh, Lamp, Lamplight being the 10 versions. Yeah. Vir- virgins and Risk on Me being uh, the parable of the talents. Uh and both of these are uh, these are probably two of your the best songs on this album. Uh, Lamplight, I love the the back and forth of the uh, the vocals. Yeah, uh, and then Risk on Me is incredibly interesting because of the perspective. Like you mentioned earlier, that that you you made some intentional choices. To, uh, to look at different perspectives and mm-hmm. that one being from the perspective of the the unfaithful servant and, uh, yeah. and that last lot that last line you know gave back to him the only chance he gave uh, so what were your what were some of your thoughts when when putting these like almost direct paraphrase uh, of the parables to, to music like what was your process and, and how did that kind of happen? Yeah, some of them just, you know, the story itself comes alive so well and so easily. It's like, it's right there. I don't need to do anything different. Um, you know, that's what we're, that's what's happening right now in the Psalms. We're, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we're singing them. Uh, we don't sing every line per se, but we're just singing yeah. the words that are there. Uh, yeah. Um, Golgotha is, you know, more like these two songs where we just, we're doing the stages of the cross. We're mm-hmm. singing the story that is there. If people say something, we try and say something. But it, there are these moments too. For instance, in Golgotha, when you have uh, you know the song, the station, station five about uh, Pilate. Uh, you know, Jesus goes before Pilate. That that whole song is told from the narrative or from the perspective of his wife, who mm-hmm. all we get about his wife is that he has she has a dream and she sends her husband. Don't have anything to do with this man. You know, yeah. so like that must have been a crazy dream. Uh, right. So it's it's kind of we we like to sit in it and say, okay, Lord, this is the story itself is fantastic. Holy Spirit, where do you want us to take perspective on? Um, for instance, on risk on me, instead of taking the perspective of the the champion, the winner, the the do gooder, the whatever, you know, yeah. we like. I think we need to sit and take this story on the guy who, at face value, doesn't seem like he did anything wrong, you right. know. Uh, but at the same time, there's like there's real uh, ramifications for his actions. Uh, and that's like a hard one. And of course it's minor in tone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and that's the song that the album title comes from. Yeah. Uh, because we just thought like, it, how many times does Jesus do things that are so foreign to us? We like, I don't understand. We don't understand it. Uh, yeah. And yet he does his best to kind of like walk us along. Um, so Yeah. I think that those are fun and we really appreciate, we like taking um, these individual character things and Hey, let's do our best to step into their mind um, and see what happens. Firstborn, that's our our music around Advent. 
similar mm-hmm. to Golgotha, the way it uh, addresses the Linton story, the stages of the cross. Um, Firstborn uh, kind of bases its songs on the weekly themes, the, the traditional weekly themes of the, uh, the church takes in Abbott, so hope and peace and joy. But each of those are tied with a person um, mm-hmm. because it's very, very interesting uh, for us to like see it from an individual's perspective. Uh, so rather than taking like a high view, uh, a bird's eye view of the narrative, this is what happens in the story, like risk on me. This, these guys do this, some do good, one of them doesn't. The guy, the master comes back. Instead, it's like this guy's sitting here and he's like, oh, you know, brother took most, but the most he made multiplied five full with the gold you gave. You know, sister did the same. Take two made two in her master's name. And it's like him seeing it is different. It gives it a different bent a little bit yeah. than looking at it from just the kind of overarching. Yeah. And yeah, and we we kind of talked about that as as well. You you have a few different times in in this album where you, you take that perspective of not the normal perspective. Uh, Ghost to guide you is another one where it's you know the the unforgiving servant. Uh, yeah. And then uh, Sons of Zebedee, and we had an argument on Sons of Zebedee. Is it the is it the mother who's speaking or is it the father who's speaking? Because it's Leah's voice and in the, and in the scripture, it's the mother, but it, it, the imagery feels like a fisherman. So that was, we, we that was, wrote that from the mother's perspective. From the mother. Okay. So Grant was right. I was wrong. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll, uh, but yeah, you're, you know, but she, you know, we assumed a, a sort of fisher life, you know, she was yeah. around probably. But you're right, like the anchors, questions are anchors. Yeah. The ocean, in chapter inch, the ocean is made. Yeah. So. So there's some there's some leeway there. But um, Yeah, of course. Yeah, we we, we really liked how uh, how you kind of took that perspective, the the un like the, the perspective of the uh, not necessarily the first one you would think about. Uh, it, it makes it makes the the album significantly more interesting. Mm. Um, so final fire is your, probably your, your most fun dance song, especially there at the end. Uh, I think everyone can just get up and just start hoedowning uh, <laughs> right there at the end, the tarnished brass, rotten red, all my life. Yeah. My head. Um, and this one again, straight out of Matthew 10, uh, you know, I I like how you kind of flip the, you know, stay as white as dove, stay as sharp as snake. So you kind of take that turn, that, that line and kind of flip it a little bit and, and, uh, still get the same meaning, uh, instead of staying as, uh, why is the serpents and as innocent as doves? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that one, that one is, uh, Again, it's 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 not as on the nose as, as the two previous ones, but it is uh, it's still pretty pretty straightforward. It's not so much a parable as it is a teaching. Yeah. Uh, but I I think it really really works as kind of a parable today uh, because we don't have the same exact circumstances as they did. We don't walk on our feet and shake the dust off of our sandals like. Uh, like yeah. the disciples and like Paul did, but uh, yeah, we we still have very similar opposition, even if it doesn't look the same. Absolutely. And that one kind of you know similarly plays with treasure. It does. Like, leave your money at home. You know, take empty hands. That kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, and it also works really well with battle. And that you know, there's hard, hard days coming up ahead. Yeah. And so it's it's a it's a nice one that kind of mixes several of the other songs together. Uh, the first song that I ever fell in love with on this album was "A Ghost to Guide You." Okay. And my my favorite moment of your album is on this is on this track, and it's the very end when it has that octave jump going back into the chorus. It's yeah. my favorite, my favorite moment on the album. It's just, it's so raw and it's, uh, 
It's so telling. Um, so one of the interesting things about this song is that you take several different passages and you kind of weave your own narrative. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have, you know, the parable of the unforgiving servant. We also have uh, Peter and his, you know, how many times should I forgive? Yeah. And then we have, uh, you know, the gift of the Holy Spirit uh, and, and his regenerative and sanctifying work on our lives. Uh, and all in all, the song is about forgiveness. Mm -hmm. So it's these three separate narratives about forgiveness, all weaving together to kind of show this pre-salvation, uh, salvation and post-salvation narrative. And uh, I find that just to be incredibly fascinating. I'm wondering, was it was it the just general forgiveness that kind of led you to, to do these together? Or did you have a... Uh, personal connection with these particular passages definitely uh probably both the other thing is that as we look at the lord's prayer mm. you know the fact that that's in there and, and i guess you could say that for a lot of these you know give us this day our daily bread not give us yeah. bread forever um you know forgive us our sins as we forgive so a lot of these you know like his teachings <laughs> a lot of ways it's like, man, we just need to, I had a, I had a pastor once challenge me to, or challenge the whole community to say the Lord's prayer once every day for a year and see what happens. You know, of course, uh -huh. a lot of, a lot of church traditions say it every day or multiple times a day, you know? Um, but, and I remember taking that up and being constantly amazed at the portions of the prayer. They would speak in different seasons over that year. Mm -hmm. You know, so I just committed to say it every morning and every night. And sometimes it was the, you know, the line two or line four or something, you know, it's always a different portion that was like, whoa, that is, yes, Lord, you know, forgive mm -hmm. me, God, you know, that kind of thing. Help me to forgive, uh, whatever it was. So I think that there's, there's that in here too, you know, what in the, mm -hmm. in later in the bridge, um, yeah. we pray, lead us not into, uh, what tempts our bones desires. Yeah. Uh, so there's like a little bit of that too. And, um, just so many of those things I think are tied together. Obviously, the parable of the un, or the unforgiving master is, or unforgiving servant, yeah, is is all pointing to forgiveness, small or large. You yeah. know, it's like it's exampling the large forgiveness, and and also, you know, condemning the lack of even the tiniest forgiveness. Uh, so that just felt like a really clear thing as Jesus talks about that and then converses with Peter on the how many times. And so I, I think all those kind of tied, but we've been really stirred up with forgiveness and, and we're just kind of, in some ways, show me all the places, Lord, you know, in your yeah. word where you, and like, well, why can't we put some more of them in there? You know, yeah. so it, it works structurally in the song for sure, but it's definitely not just, here's the one parable. Um, right. We'll sing it like some of the other ones might be. Yeah. Uh, and as I mentioned, this is, this is the first song that I, I kind of fell in love with. This is the first one that made it onto my personal playlist. I think by the end of the year, I, I had eight or nine on my personal playlist. Uh, but yeah, this is, uh, I really liked it. <laughs> uh, uh, I really like that especially that end where you're just belting out show me your way breaking mine and just holding that it's just it's just so raw and uh and i think that that kind of helps to to play into just the seriousness of it mm. um i do have a few specific questions that i want to get to um that if we take our time with these last three songs we're not going to have time for uh so i just want to open up first the, the whole side of you, he loved us to the end and sons of Zebedee. Do you have any particular things that you'd like to comment on, uh, on those three songs? Uh, those are all super three, very different feeling songs. So the whole side of you, we did it as a single take in the studio with the piano. So that was the only one that we didn't track and, okay. you know, do the, do the drums for, you know, demo it, pick the tempo, all that stuff. This one, I just sat down on the keyboard and put the vocal mic up and did it. Um, and that works so well for this song with the intimacy yeah, of it. Yeah, and it's it's one that we've had people lead. Um, like, a, 
more people I think have, have played this one maybe than any of the other ones. When If it's like a performative moment of their church or at a weddings okay. or whatever, yeah. um, which is an interesting one to play at weddings, but there are multiple people have like done this at weddings. Um, <laughs> and I think that there's something really beautiful in, in God's affirmation of how we are different than mm-hmm. the angels uh, and how they don't even have the, they will not have the experience that we have. And yeah. that's a crazy thing to think about. I mean, some of those it things is. are really mind blowing to think about. Um, he loved us to the end is, is uh, it's kind of that driving build type song. Um, yeah. And it's, there's a, I think there's a really, there's an interesting strength in that one. Of course it does feel kind of more four on the floor, doom, doom, doom than all the other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but that serve the man who served them death is, whoa. Uh, we were actually recently, just this is two days ago, at uh, St. Minred Arch Abbey in Indiana, um, doing Golgotha, uh, which is the first time we've done it within the Catholic expression. Yeah. And uh, hanging out, it's a, it's a monastery. So there's a bunch of monks and met this wonderful guy, Father Simon, and he was telling us about the, the story of St. Minred who was this guy who uh, was a monk, a Benedictine monk, and, you know, loved the Lord and loved his community and served all these people and um, ended up, you know, kind of in a hermitage and was all these people would come and he would feed them and care for them and spiritually, you know, bless them and drag them, whatever. And uh, he had a dream that these robbers were going to come and the Lord like showed him what was going to happen. And when they came, because they thought he had treasure or something, you know, whatever. He, of course, he didn't. When they came, yeah. he let them in his house and he served them, even though he knew they were coming. This is the, you know, the story. Yeah. And uh, they killed him, you know. And so he, he's known as like the martyr of hospitality within the Catholic Church. Yeah. And it's funny now, even talking about this, it made me think of that. It's like Jesus is here knowing you know, yeah. what's going to happen. And he's like, no, I'll wash, the, I'll wash your feet, you know, whatever. Uh, it's, just, it's just fascinating. It's just, it's a beautiful, mysterious, like, you know, be perfect as your father is perfect. How? How? Yeah. Uh, it's just a beautiful thing that the Lord has done. Um, yeah. So that's kind of that. And then that last one is, yeah, totally seeing that thing where a mom just comes up wanting to be a mom. You know, yeah. wanted to love her kids. Like, hey, Jesus, I know that you're the best. Can you like <laughs> hook my kids up? That's all I ask. Yeah. Set, right. set my kids up. And she's, he's, of course, like, you don't know what you ask, lady. Um, but that one is just a, and that one I think is a fun ending. You know, that's yeah. kind of feels a little bit, maybe the most country, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like. I can see that. On it all, just guitar and Leah sing it. It's beautiful. And, um, but I like that ending or the, the questions or chains that'll stay on my wrists. Yeah. If I kick away the key for not deserving it, it's like, I'll stay locked up. She just, she doesn't, again, doesn't fully understand the mystery. And it's like, right. Oh, don't lock, don't lock yourself in this, in this thing of like, I have to get the best for my kids. Uh, but what I think that means is not what you think that means or you, right. what you know that means. So anyway, I guess that's a quick run. Of those last three. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, so many people thought Jesus was coming for the temporal earthly kingdom, you know, reestablishing sure. Israel to overthrow Rome, which if you think about that for a second, like Israel was this tiny little thing and Rome yeah. was this massive giant. It's like they had crazy amounts of faith to believe that this carpenter's son, which quite honestly, this bastard carpenter's son. Yeah. Um, yeah was going to overthrow Rome. Like they had a crazy amount of, of faith to believe that, which is funny why Jesus kept saying, Oh, you have little faith, you yeah, know, yeah. because they didn't, they didn't quite understand. And, and, you know, Mrs. Zebedee didn't, she didn't uh, miss out on that either. You know, she, no. she fell right into the same trap, you know, same Peter did too. You know, Judas fell into the trap. So did Peter. Um, yeah. So it was, it was, it was interesting. Um, so this album, and again, listeners, if you have not listened through this album, please listen to this album. It is well worth your time. Uh, but I would like to ask, uh, I, I did have sort of one final question on this album. What is going on in the album art? 
Yeah, so my brother is actually an artist, uh, a visual artist, very successful. Uh, and he lives in Norway. Okay. And he made, we were looking for a piece of art that would um, kind of be captivating, uh, yeah. that would be original. And we wanted to use something of his. Uh, he doesn't know the Lord. Okay. Um, but we felt like that kind of spoke to a little bit of the final fireness of it, a little bit of to the, like the foreign made, you know, kind of idea that some, yeah. whatever's going on is not quite understandable. Um, there's some communal moments in this one. Uh, so it kind of just, we felt like it was an image that worked for some of that stuff, okay. but not directly made. It was not made for this. It's a much larger piece. It's really tall and skinny. Um, uh, but we, I, we just asked him and he said, yeah, use whatever you want. You know, So uh, <laughs> this one was more, was far less intentional than any of our other albums artwork. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, well, that's, that's fair. It, and it's, it is very captivating. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. So don't, don't try to read too much into it uh, as, as you're listening to the album, but just uh, enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. For sure. Um, so, some final questions. We have a couple more minutes. Uh, this, as you mentioned, is your busiest season, uh, Linton season for your Golgotha project. I listened through it from beginning to end, really for the first time in one sitting uh, a couple days ago. And it is, it's very similar in a lot of ways to, uh, to foreign made. It's got that kind of folksy feel to it, but it does have some more darker undertones because of the subject matter. Um, but you go on tour to, uh, to play these songs live. I know that's been weird since COVID, but are you, do you have any uh, concerts planned? Yeah. So we just got back from a run through multiple States, kind of North and East Midwest mm. area. Uh, and then we will go, we leave again on, on Thursday. Uh, our heart is for underserved communities with this. So um, we share it in all sorts of places, big, you know, big churches, small chapels, prisons, um, schools, massive like performing arts theaters, like wherever the Lord uh, calls us to. Mm -hmm. uh, and we've seen it do really beautiful things um, because when we take time to sit uh, in in the narrative, you know, from Jesus to the cross and through the cross, uh, yeah. that it, it just builds gratitude uh, when, we, when we think and take a minute to ponder and pray through his suffering. Yeah. So... That's kind of the, the general idea of it. We will be in uh, down in Oklahoma uh, next, this coming week, later, or sorry, what day is today? Today's Friday. Today's Friday. Uh, about a, a week from now, we'll be in Oklahoma, and then we'll be through western Kansas, um, doing a college there in central-ish can central Kansas. And then we're going to be performing in Manhattan uh, at an old opera house there in Manhattan, Kansas. And then um, that kind of closes up the the majority of the travel uh, okay. and the rest of usually holy week we spend in and around kansas city sharing with uh, where we're from uh, the communities r right around where we are so we'll do every night sunday through friday of holy week uh, we'll do one in lawrence at the at a church there but most of them will be kind of around the kansas city metro area in pretty much all parts so in kansas city missouri and in olathe and overland park and shawnee and so yeah. All right. So if you are in those areas, uh, you, can they find information on your website about those those dates? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've places. We, yeah, we felt led not to do social media at all during the Lenten season for the sake of uh, being fully present with our family and with those we're ministering to and with. Um, yeah. So not not that I'm very good at it. Otherwise, uh, I, I'm really bad at it actually, but. So yeah, everything can be found on the website, golgothamusic.com. Um, but also, if you go to any of our other websites, porbishophooper.com, you can link to the dates and it'll show you all that. Uh, we do have a number of churches who are hosting their own experiences with the content. So they'll be performing it live. Most of those are on Good Friday, uh, okay. but they're all over. I mean, even in England and Australia and stuff this year, So which Fantastic. is really exciting. Um, but yeah, well, I'm doing my best to start uh, disseminating that information for people who might not be able to see us perform it, but would like to see it performed, there'll be a, a good handful of, of other churches around the country and other countries that 
you you can um, see it live if you want to with their with in their communities. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Jesse, for for coming back on the show. I want to uh, a couple minutes after when you wanted to get off, but so I, I do want to be uh, respectful of your time. So no, that's all right. Yeah. So it's, please go check out his website. Go check out his music on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, all those all those cool places. Um, uh, if you want to hear a more detailed interview, uh, you can listen to one of our past episodes. I did not pull up the episode number. Just uh, search for Bishop Hooper, you'll find it. Um, also, you were recently on uh, The Green Room Door. That one, I think, released this past week. Uh, it's another podcast where uh, they interviewed you. So just check them out, listen to their story, and uh, follow them. So Again, thank you, Jesse, for coming Thank you, on. Brian. It is my pleasure. And as always, come Lord Jesus, come quickly. There is a bomb in the end to make the wounded listening to the Balm and Gilead podcast. We love hearing from you, so email us at thereis at balmcast.com. We are a part of the Tech Reformation family of podcasts, and you can discuss our show and much more at slack.techreformation.com. We'll see you there. If you enjoyed the Balm and Gilead podcast, please encourage others to listen. We value your feedback so rate, review, and recommend the show in your podcast app of choice. And with that, we'll see you next time on the Balm in Gilead podcast.